0: Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs.
1: Hello good people and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am Yoho with a bottle of rum and I am here to re- basically here to throw 20 questions at the film Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Now usually we get our regulars in to guest on this episode, but due to a certain virus that none of us are going to be talking about, I had to throw a coin into the ocean to see what ripples would go out there and who would respond. The first of which was Thomas from the History of Aotearoa podcast. Hey Thomas, how you doing?
0: Kia ora. it's very good to be here. It's very good that someone that I've guested on a podcast has actually pronounced Aotearoa correctly. That's very exciting for me because that doesn't normally happen.
1: I've been working on it for 37 years, but I'm um, <laughs> glad to finally use it in a podcast uh, so the other one that responded very quickly, was very keen, couldn't wait to be on, was Brad from the Fate of Eisen podcast. So Brad, sorry bro, you reminded me that we needed Jules on. Hey Jules, how you doing?
2: Hey! I thought you'd introduce me earlier when you said yo ho, um, because that's normally how Brad introduces me, so, you know. Sup? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Now, Jules, you And also,
2: wait, Brad, ha! Suck it! I'm here!
1: <laughs> the best part is, Jules, you sent me nothing but angry messages all week about how I'm dead to him, so that's brilliant. Cheers, Jules. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, Jules, you picked the movie, but even more importantly, they've actually dressed up for the podcast. You've got your of little course. pirate's hat on, corset, mm-hmm. everything. This is amazing. Yeah.
2: Even my earrings have little, like, skulls oh, wow. on them. Yeah. You really I'm went on. all out. Yeah. I, I tend to do that. I think people call it going overboard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's that that seemed on brand as well. So
1: <laughs> Jules, you actually picked this movie. Was there any particular reason why you picked it?
2: I I kinda like this movie. Like childishly like this movie. You know, it's it's fun and it's fun to talk about. So
1: excellent. Well we're gonna see how much you like this movie in a second because <laughs> The person that has seen this movie the most recently has to give a plot. Uh, Before we do that, I'm just going to whip through a little bit of details. So yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl came out in 2003, directed by Gore Verbinski. Famously based on a theme park ride at Disneyland, if you can fucking believe that. Production budget of 140 million, made 654 million worldwide. Starring Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow, Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa, Orlando Bloom as Will Turner, Keira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan, uh, Jack Davenport as Norrington, Jonathan Price as Governor Swan, and then Z- uh, Zoe Sodana, didn't even recognize her. Blink and you miss it. She uh, played Ana Maria. Now, yeah, the plot. Jules, you watched it today. What's the plot of this film, bud?
2: Yeah, sweet. So um, a pirate gets his ship stolen, essentially, and the person who steals the ship, or the captain, the new captain, but I I reluctantly call him captain, um, goes and like steals some cursed treasure. And when they steal that cursed treasure, they kind of damn the whole ship. And so then they spend years, like, sailing around not really noticing. uh, And when they do notice, they realize they have to uncurse themselves by putting all the treasure back. So they're on a mission to get the treasure back, to put it back in the chest. Now there's a few people that have a few coins that are a bit troublesome. And that's kind of where the action comes in. They're trying to get the coins back off those people and the blood that they need in order to fix the curse.
1: Yeah. Now... If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with uh, 10 questions that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions. And then we finally finish on a question that we throw out there to you guys, our wonderful, wonderful listeners, to answer for us. Typically, we do our scores beforehand, but we're not going to do that anymore. What we're going to do is instead I'm going to hit you guys with the scores of this film. And then we're going to go into our compliment sandwich. If we think this movie's over a 5,000 or if we think this is under a 5,000, we can give it a. Shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad. We'll see. We'll see what these guys think. But we're going to give our scores at the end of that. So IMDb have this 8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes at 79%. Jules, since you picked this film, why don't you go first? Why don't you give us your compliment or shit sandwich?
2: I'm going to give it a compliment sandwich because I think the action and the underlying sort of morals and stuff are really fun and easy to follow something i didn't like is there's like a little bit it's a little bit too simplified in some places and i'm like come on man we've got brains we can definitely follow if this gets a little more complicated you don't need to over explain everything to us and then uh another compliment is wow the eye candy in this movie like damn um are we
0: talking about the action or are we talking about some, some, some.
2: Like literally the booties and the boobs in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, holy shit, I man! Like that, that Jeffrey ass. Rush. Whoa.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and by booty I mean all of that gold. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I mean yeah. they all look super dirty though in the movie. So I don't know if I'd agree with that.
2: Oh, really? You don't like it dirty? Well, noted. <laughs> not that.
0: Not not that kind of dirty. No, bloodshot eyes and grime all over themselves and it's funny though because the number of people that
1: like instantly catapulted jack sparrow into being their number one sort of hottest crush
0: but that guy would have oh. stunk fuck he would have of no. shit yeah, yeah with like a layer of like whatever disease that he's got that causes him to have like bad breath or something like yeah yeah nah,
1: yeah. yeah pretty much no. hey? the crutch of his pants would have crawled on its own accord that's basically what i'm saying
0: Exactly still still would have <laughs> definitely
1: would have stand by your values there jules Ooh. stand by it man that's awesome <laughs> uh so what about a score out of 10,000 doubloons there jules what would you give it
2: i'd give it about 8,000 doubloons i think Ooh. i think eight thousands a fair mark
1: nice nice okay thomas you're next what do you got bud
0: i'm also going to give it a compliment sandwich because i do also think it's generally a pretty good film i think the characters are quite vibrant and interesting you know jack's quite interesting even will's quite interesting barbosa's quite interesting norrington's quite interesting you know there's a lot of really like exciting and cool characters even though some of them might be quite minor so i thought that was quite cool fairly controversial kind of opinion maybe might be i think elizabeth's character is kind of ass there's a lot of times where she is she's she is depicted as a strong female character and that's great that's awesome problem is though There's a couple of instances where she gives very specific naval knowledge. Like, you should tack it this way and do this so that we can outrun the ship. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? Like, you are a sheltered noblewoman who's literally been on a ship once, right? And that was eight years ago. How the fuck do you know this very specific naval knowledge? It's a valid point. But the the other good thing was the soundtrack, as is per... I can't remember his name now, but he's really famous. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans go. Zimmer got yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack top notch. Mm, uh, yeah. So good. Yeah. I'm with you
1: there, man. It's, it's pretty bloody awesome. Uh, what about a out of 10,000 there?
0: Yeah. Let's say uh, 8,001 doubloons going with the Prices right strategy. <laughs> um, 8,001. You don't,
2: you don't get to buy it afterwards.
0: <laughs> oh, do <I> not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate to break this to you. Uh, First, good thing for me, yeah. I mean, you guys touched on it. The acting performances in this are pretty phenomenal. That being said, Orlando Bloom I felt was a little bit, little bit lacking. But uh, aside Mm. from him, uh, it's not his best work. It's not his best work. But at the same time, like I'm still trying to stay within the good. Like even the side characters, you you see enough Mm. from them as characters to actually, you know, see where they're coming from and understand their motivations. The bad thing for me, there's way too much convenient shit happen, and in the space of like about half an hour at the start, where you know, like, it looks like it's all over, but then a cannonball comes through the wall. And, oh, that's lucky. And then it looks like it's all over, but, oh, another cannonball comes through the wall. Oh, and it looks like it's all over. And you get the point. There's just a little bit too much convenience, especially Captain Jack Sparrow escaping. He's like, oh, you, you remember this is the day you almost caught me. And then he suddenly fucking Batmans his way out of, a you know, out of the side of a harbor. And then he has a hundred guys shoot at him and, and at other people. That's the other thing I found kind of bad at it is he's running along a bridge with just <laughs> innocent civilians while these fucking military dudes just open fire at this one pirate. Eh, maybe not the best. And then, final good thing for me, cinematography. It's just beautiful. It's well shot. The the scenes and the settings and the like boats and everything like that. It's just it's phenomenal. And even ships, uh, ships. Sorry, (laughs)
0: ships, (laughs) not boats. The ships.
2: Look, even Jack says that once. Yes, you can allow him one slip.
1: Yes, the ships are beautiful. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's just like it's just it's well put together, and you can see the money's gone into the production. And even now, some what seventeen years on. It's like the CGI has still managed yeah, wow. to hold up along with, you know, the use of practical effects. So that was something I liked. And I'm going to give it 8,003. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Not 8,002. I'm going 8,003. <laughs> I'm going to step it up. Just That was something actually, the, um, the, the CGI. There was only one time that I really noticed that it wasn't very, like that it was kind of a bit, eh? Yeah. Was when, the, when, he's, when Jack's in prison and the, the guy reaches through the, the bars and like grabs his neck you know obviously they've got jack's neck is very obvious and then they've got his hand around his neck like it was very obvious that they were not you know one was real and one wasn't yeah but other than that you couldn't you know the cgi really holds up i feel other than that very specific instance so i think they did a really good job considering as you say it's 17 years old it's 2003 so
1: exactly Uh, Moves us over to question number two and uh, Jules, you can start us off. Uh,
2: Question number two, what character should have been replaced with a talking dog?
0: I had two slightly different answers for this. One was the dog, uh, (laughs) um, which I feel we were all thinking. Just don't even replace him, just make him talk. So the other one I thought was, um, I slightly cheated and I gave two, which was Ragetti and Pintle, which if you don't know who those characters are because they're not really named in the film, that's the, the kind of short tubby guy and the guy with the wooden eye.
2: Ah, mm. uh, is that their name? Yeah, that's
0: their name. It's Rigetti. Rigetti, I think, is the, the short tubby guy, and Pinto, I think, is the guy with the wooden eye. Cute. So I think replacing them with talking dogs would be quite funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, just, like, back-chatting each other would be quite funny. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm actually with you there, because the guy with the wooden eye is Gareth from the UK version of The Office, and yes. I actually think he's quite funny and like quite talented as an actor, so the short tubby friend, that was the one for me. I just wanted to see them Uh, having full-blown arguments on a little boat to the point that his eye goes out and the dog (laughs) fetches it and sort of hoiks it up sort of thing. That that would have been good for me. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: What about you, Jules? Jack. Really? Really? The The, the, the lead? The monkey.
0: Oh! Oh.
1: (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Well played, Jules. Well played. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Brad never would have got it would us like that. Make well done,
0: Because he was jumping all over, all over Barbosa's shoulder and stuff, right? So I just think reading. it would
2: be fun because he still, he still plays fetch, like he still goes and gets the coin and he does all of that kind of stuff. I just think it would be fun to have yeah him.
0: Excellent. But I'd, want, I want him to be like a Labrador or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like a really excitable breed.
2: Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I Jack, good boy, Jack." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Like,
1: laughs> just... yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Question number three, what is it there, Thomas?
2: Uh, question number
0: three, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? My
1: one for me was just how close Jack and Elizabeth were to hooking up on that island. Because she looked well keen Ooh, on him.
0: Yeah.
2: How much of that was played? Yeah. Yeah, because I know
1: she was trying I, to trick him into basically, you know, blacking out drunk on the beach. But there was a little bit more of it that actually seemed like there maybe was a little bit of thing, something going on. And also, head?
2: she's been super proper until that point, and then she's just like in her nightgown mm. all over him. Exactly. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jules?
2: I was really, you know, while I watched this movie, I, I think a lot about this one question: you know, pirates or cowboys, what's cooler?
0: Uh, do you want that from a historical perspective?
2: I don't know. Maybe? Yeah. I, I still have,
0: both fucking assholes
2: yeah i still haven't really like solved the puzzle in my head because like while pirates are out on ships and stuff cowboys can come home each night so it might be kind of nicer to have a cowboy that you're dating true but, like, but cowboys
0: tend to be pretty fucking racist right so uh,
2: le- yeah historically yes
0: mm. yeah pirates are also extremely despicable people the way that pirates are shown in this film here we go, this is the historical accuracy coming out, is that it's very inaccurate because they're very bad people. Um, this has shown them in a very romantic light. Um, typically, they are actually extremely terrible people, do very, very bad things, and have no redeeming qualities, basically, whatsoever.
2: So are you saying that you'd be for cowboys over pirates?
0: Probably not, no. <laughs>
2: yeah, see they're, see, they're the worst I don't want to say better.
0: I am... Because the, the way I'm looking at this is, are you for torture? or for racism. And I don't really want to say I'm for either of those things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like you're taking this too seriously. One comes with a ship, one comes with a horse, one comes with a cutlass, one comes with a, like, a gun. Mm. Yeah, like, so if you, like, if you take it for the very I, base values... I
0: do like the ship.
2: I like yeah. the
1: ship a lot. Yeah, ships yeah. are good. Yeah. What about you, bud? What was your deep philosophical debate?
0: Mine was, what would have happened if they never lifted the curse? What would they look like throughout history because of course you know in theory they're immortal right barbosa actually says at the end of the mm. film he kind of references that they're both immortal right so you know would they would they steal a battleship in world war ii and become like pirates like ghost pirates with a battleship or would they become space pirate skeletons you know when you know humans go to space and you know colonize the the galaxy and stuff do they steal a the spaceship and become space skeleton pirates or i'm,
2: I'm sorry what do you, you know? think the bermuda triangle is
0: a myth that didn't actually happen that a lot of people have conflated to be a real thing.
2: Yeah, it's where Captain Barbosa still sails the seven seas and he's taking down things all the time.
1: I think it's Carol but fucking yeah. Baskin. That's who I think it is. Shout out to anyone who's seen it. <laughs> fucking seen tiger king or whatever his fucking name is
0: (laughs) let's not get into no no let's let's avoid that as much as possible uh
1: that moves us over to question number four which is the first of our patreon questions these are questions that are submitted to us by our dearest patrons that pay five dollars a month first of which comes from the amazing man that is dave baker dave has his own patreon as well that you should check out called patreon.com forward slash your favorite and on it he posts a ton of content video essays and stuff like that it's pretty awesome what Dave would like to know from us is which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at your house party
2: so I don't know their names because I didn't do any research um, <laughs> wow. best guest uh, ever as
0: a, as a, I just want to put it out there as a history podcaster I'm offended <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey as, a, as someone who podcasts on history of New Zealand I'm not <laughs> Sorry, are we going to get
0: into this person who podcasts on the history of New Zealand are we going to get into this is this what we're doing right now
1: so the question again
0: was, <laughs> what two characters?
2: <laughs> anyway, so I don't know their names. I don't know their names because I didn't look them up, but I love the two that are guarding the Interceptor at the beginning of the movie. You know, like the two. Oh,
0: they do have names, but I don't remember what they
2: are. Yeah, I, I love those two. because I Like the way that they try and tell Jack that like he can't go on there and then they have that mm. whole debate about like, what, you've seen a ship with sails as black as night, you know, like, and they're like, One of them's like a really good storyteller and the other one's like hilarious to kind of listen to how they respond to all of that. And so I think they'd be really fun to have at a party.
0: Yeah, definitely. What about you, Thomas? uh, For me, it would probably be um, Jack and Gibbs, actually, Uh, because I like the banter between them. I think Gibbs Gibbs is a real fucking bro, right? Like, he's always got Jack's back and stuff. And... I, fe- I mean jack is like pretty self-explanatory right he's always fucking pissed always trying to like do something ridiculous yeah. he's always trying to impress everyone who's around him i think gibbs would also have some great stories as well gibbs seems to be also always kind of telling a real good like a real good story so i feel like gibbs would be in the corner jack is in like trying to like do something real Real stupid and impress everyone. Yeah. is I feel what, what that would look like.
1: I, I debated over Jack because, you know, he's going to show up there, he's going to be the center of attention. People are going to go, oh, who's your awesome friend? And then by the end of the night, they go and go, your fucking awesome friend took all our handbags and is fucked off. <laughs> yeah, brought, that's
0: that's true. That's the downside. And by the
1: way, he's trying to fucking this outside in the bushes. So that, that was my yeah. ah, <laughs> that was my problem with him. So,
2: and there's some yeah. girl crying in the corner about how it's not her, so the party's ruined now. Yeah, like exactly,
1: yeah. And so for me, I was like, what would be even better than that? Everybody loves it when you show up at a party with like two really hot chicks on your arm. So I, that's why I went with Kara Knightley and Orlando Bloom. I reckon you'd just be rolling. <laughs> at
0: just like,
1: look at these ladies, man. These are the prettiest ladies you've ever seen. But, no, um, no, nah, nah, scrap Orlando Bloom. I'll take Zoe Saldana. Like Even the small part that she's in yeah. here, she's kind of, like, she's got a story, man. She's had a boat taken by Jack. Yeah. You know, she's a little bit sort of yeah. pensive, a little bit mad. But I, we obviously see Elizabeth Swann get down on the rum and know how to party. I reckon Zoe Saldana would know how mm. to party as well. So, yeah, those are the two I would have gone with. Absolutely. Question number five is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of the awesome, awesome man. That is Julio of the Contrarians podcast. Podcast in which they rage against Ron wrong tomatoes, and machine. So they take a film that's universally beloved and say why it's shit and then offer their, like, honest opinion in the second half of the podcast. Alternatively, they take a podcast that's poorly reviewed and go to bat for why it's an awesome film. Recently, they did Street Fighter, and my God, I can't believe how well they lie. But, uh...
0: <laughs> what? Wait, Street like, Street Fighter the movie? Yeah, Street movie. Fighter the
1: movie. They argue why well, it was good. It was interesting. Good God. Yeah. I, it was a stretch, Wow, but good on you, boys. Uh, what would they like to know there, well, Jules? Okay, then
2: uh what's your most controversial opinion about
1: this film oh thomas is taking a drink before he answers this is gonna be fun
0: my answer to what my controversial opinion was is that this isn't the only good film in the franchise um (laughs) i knew this i knew this this is why it's question number five is why it's controversial nerd rage intensifies Yeah, 2 and 3 are also pretty good. You know, although 1 is probably the best out there, I do think that there is some great shit in 2 and 3. 5 and 6 are bollocks and they suck dick. I'll, I will absolutely agree with Have that. You got their phone number? But 2 and 3, which kind of f- fill out the trilogy, I think is I actually think they're pretty good overall. Okay. I at least think that they are better than average. Okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel you judging me from here. Oh, only internally, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only internally at the moment. No, it's not. It's not that I think they're bad films.
1: It's just because I know the history of this film. It was such a like a fluke in so many ways. It's a film based on a theme park ride. Uh, Johnny Depp had mm. never been a massive box office draw actor. Keira Knightley at that point had only done Bend It Like Beckham. Like no, none of these guys in this film were like massive film stars or anything like that. Gore Wiszy, yeah, he directed quite a few like well well received films and stuff like that, and like yeah, it just came out of nowhere. And unfortunately, when you set such a high bar in your first film, it's hard not to watch the subsequent films and be like, ah, oh, they're just doing the same shit mm-hmm. again. Or if they try and reinvent something, and yes, I'm having a dig at all you Star Wars nerds out there. If they try and reinvent something, you universally hate it because it's like, oh, this isn't as good as the first one. So, so my controversial <laughs> opinion, it's not really that controversial because this a film is quite well like redeemable, and it's got so many good things about it. The thing that I'm going to go out on a limb and say is that, yes, everybody loved Johnny Depp. They loved his Keith Richards imitation. They thought it was phenomenal. He got nominated for Best Actor at the the Oscars and got nominated for a ton of other awards. For me, Jeffrey Rush is actually way more phenomenal in this film because he bounces between being terrifying and charming. And Jack Sparrow is very much one-dimensional. He is a drunk arsehole who's looking out for himself and that's all it is but when you're actually bouncing between a range of emotions throughout the entirety of a film as well as giving this film a really awesome villain because we've got a later question of what's your top three johnny depp films and when i looked at johnny depp's filmography there's a lot of shit films where johnny depp is the best thing in it and this had that potential to be a great johnny depp performance in a shit film but i think jeffrey rush actually elevates this a little bit more and i think gives a little bit more than johnny depp i know everyone loves him and maybe it's just souring on him because He's in so many of the other films. You kind of, you kind of get tired of his shit over and over and over again. But yeah, that's my opinion. What do you got, Jules?
2: I've kind of got two, and I couldn't decide between them, so I'm just going to say them both.
1: At the same time?
2: Um yeah, kind of. <laughs> Commodore Norrington really isn't that bad, and I probably would have married him given the circumstances. Yes. Ooh! Yes. Yeah. Uh, you go girl. I'm with you right there. Fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> yep. yep. So that's one of them. I just I just think he was very honorable very good man and there is not, nothing not,
0: wrong with him he's got a that great bad job looking, you know? great career he looks good there mm. is absolutely fucking nothing wrong with marrying that guy future feels like just appears he My- doesn't
1: bother going look for her
0: yeah he's awesome man he's cool yeah, he uh, was uh, practical <laughs> you know will comes up to him and he's like we need to go do this and Norrington is like, I'm like trying to do this, but we can't just like send the fleet after them. We gotta fucking think about this. <laughs> and he's like, not, he and he's not actually
2: us. wrong, by the way. It wasn't yeah. that he wasn't looking for her. He just wasn't looking for, her. He wasn't looking for her that second out on a boat in exactly. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, exactly. like it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, my second one though, kind of null and voids that. I think the <laughs> whole movie could have been done without her if you just had mm. will be rescued on the boat will ends up in the town they come looking for the thing because of will basically it was the same movie well,
0: yeah just I wouldn't have had she the eye candy. The, she's the kind of uh shoehorned romantic interest right is that what you're going for there
2: yeah a little bit like yeah there, i don't think i mean yeah i just don't think it would have lost a lot
0: I can see that. All
1: I'm going to say is I'm biting my tongue for a later question, Jules. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have my full support, my unwavering support on that one. That's all I'm going to say at this point in time. Okay. Uh, The next question is courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins, who was most recently on our American Psycho episode. And we've got something special that we're doing with Emily that's coming up very soon. And that sounds incredibly pornographic, but it's not.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll decide that. Thank you very much.
1: I am going red, but that's the alcohol singing to my little cheeks. Emily's podcast is a tasteless podcast, a podcast in which she sort of compares two films. One film that is universally beloved, well received, has a fairly awesome box office and goes to say why it's, it's fine or maybe it's shit and, you know, maybe it's overrated. And then she sort of plugs for a film that is, well, in her opinion, completely underrated, you know, a hidden gem, quite often they're not. But we still love her anyway. And what would Emily like to know there, Thomas?
0: Which side character would make for the best spin-off movie?
1: This one for me was easy. We've mentioned him already. And that was Gibbs. I mean, we see him at at the start of the film. And he's escorting the swans out to govern the island. And the next time we see him, he's blackout drunk with a pair of pigs. (laughs) And I mean literal pigs. He's on Tortuga parting his fucking tits off. With a pair of pigs. Now, that would have been one hell of an unravelling of a movie to go from the height of escorting a governor to being drunk with a pair of pigs.
2: I mean, it's quite obvious how it happened, though. He was swinging rum on the ship with the governor. (laughs) It's true.
0: (laughs) It's true. That's true. I did have another answer for this, actually. Um, Mr. Cotton, I thought would be pretty funny.
2: (laughs) And how he lost his tongue.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: and how he how he taught the parrot to talk yeah kind of like
0: the story of how he lost his tongue and how he taught the parrot to talk I thought was would be quite a funny off
2: movie Mr as well. Cotton's parrot
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm thinking of actually onto
1: something there man it'd be an ultimate like underdog story eh starts off with him yeah. like just going about his life he's a hard working guy loses his tongue you know says some shit about the wrong person or whatever and then just tells
0: the parrot yeah. out to talk holy fuck this is why I don't write yeah, movies yeah I think <laughs> I think that would be really good. I think Gibbs is like the, he's the Tyrion Lannister. He's the obvious choice yeah. here. I think Cotton is the, like that's where the money is made. Yeah. Cotton mm-hmm. is where the money is going to be made. Is that, mm-hmm. that's where you don't think. I,
2: I have another avenue for you. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I really thought about this in terms of like what might make money. You know, and every, there are certain types of movies that like just everybody loves animal movies. So I think what we need to do is make a whole side thing about the dog with the keys, where he goes on those adventures and how he gets to... Because you see him, again, in later series movies, and he's got the keys and he's somewhere else. How is he (laughs) traveling? Like, which boat is he going on? Like, how has he still got these keys? What are these keys even for? Like, are they actually for the cells that he's in? Because you find out later the keys are for something completely different. So, like... What's the story there? It's like fucking you yeah. Wally
1: or something, eh? It's just popping up here, there, and everywhere with a set of keys. Mm-hmm. Fun bit of nerdy <laughs> trivia, but on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you go past a set of pirates inside a cell begging the dog for the keys. And hence why the line in the movie, you guys are going to be begging him forever because that's effectively what they are on the ride. They're just perpetually begging this dog for keys that they never get.
0: Nerd! <sighs> <laughs>
1: all one of our patreon questions and this question comes courtesy of dan brennick of the netflix and swill podcast the only netflix podcast that i listen to so it's the best one and so yeah it's basically covers all things netflix like new movies tv shows trailers upcoming news and stuff like that it's pretty fucking awesome and we love this question dan well dan submitted two to us the one is way too serious for such a non-serious movie so what Dan would like to know is from us guys is where would we have inserted Blink One Eight's masterpiece, all the small things into All the, film.
2: the small things. Truth care. Truth things. I love it. Love I will
0: it. admit that showing my age here, I did have to go and look that up to remember oh, what that song off. was.
2: Oh cut it out.
0: <laughs> Jules, do you have Brad's number? Can we get him on? Is
1: he
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's just rope him in at question number seven and see how he gets on
2: yeah (laughs) um so i think there's a logical line to enter this directly after um and it's where uh jack and i've already forgotten his fucking name will bill turner the son um are in the blacksmith and he's like He's talking about how unless you found that lady and you are unable to otherwise woo such trumpet, uh, you're not a eunuch, are you? And then I think it'd be perfect to just be like, all the small things.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I guess I went kind of in the opposite direction um, in that I would have put it in the Tortuga scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah where they you know they go to tortuga and there's that kind of whole it's not quite a montage but it's you know they're showing all the people getting drunk and fist fighting and shit and whatever else
2: when he's like keep an eye out
0: (laughs) yeah you know and they're like he gets slapped a couple of times by what i presume was prostitutes
2: you don't know that could have been his girlfriends
0: that's why i said what i presume was prostitutes
2: why do you presume they're prostitutes straight away
0: hmm
1: you don't know bro they could have been his serious overnight girlfriends (laughs)
0: I mean they could have been. I mean I'm not saying that they weren't. But
2: (laughs) Serious overnight girlfriends. I've 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 never heard heard that term before.
0: That's a new one for me.
2: I miss having serious overnight girlfriends.
0: (laughs) But yeah, that's where I put it in the Tortuga scene. But it's kind of funny because it doesn't quite. Oh, it feel.
1: fucking fits if you turn it into an Irish jig and then put it in that scene. That was what I want. That's, that's what I wanted to have. It was all the small things as an Ooh. Irish jig inserted into that scene. Dan, <laughs> I know you wanted the verbatim version of it, and you told me that we can't stick this in the rubbish bin or make modifications. But sorry, Dan, we need to turn this into an Irish jig. We need to have them playing while the serious <laughs> overnight girlfriend's dance around Jack, slapping him and all that sort of shit. That's where we need it.
0: Oh, that's is, that's is what I want. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Okay, moves us over to fan favourite question, question number eight. What is it, there,
2: Jules? Uh, what quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight <laughs> after you finish having sex?
0: <laughs> Sorry, before we answer this question, I just want to let everyone know I had the most fun with this question. excellent yeah, I <laughs> have this was really, cool.
2: I have like eight answers, Same. and I'm ready to like strike them off as you guys <laughs> say yours.
0: Yeah. I love this question so much. <laughs> you go man you're the first one to answer it <laughs> oh fuck all right mine was if you're waiting for the opportune moment that was it yes yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah which i feel like was the obvious answer yeah but yeah that, i thought that was that was pretty good <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I like I like how there's multiple answers yeah, yeah. to this.
1: What, like... what we'll do is we'll this do a is... round <laughs> robin. If you've got other ones, we'll just start chipping them in. <laughs>
2: okay, yeah. so
1: my first one I'm gonna go with is put it away, son. It's not worth you getting beat again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've got um I do that quite a lot, yet people are always surprised. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good one. My next one was, You're supposed to be
0: dead! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, <my. laughs> oh, Which kind of fits with my one where I said, Come back, I didn't mean it. <laughs> uh,
1: my final one was, Every decision you've made has only brought us from bad to worse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so you know, uh, this one is like after you finish having sex, but maybe like you haven't finished having sex because they say this shot is not meant for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! That's brilliant. Fuck,
1: that's an awesome one. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh my god! I love that question. Oh, never, tame. never oh stop doing that question. No, that one
1: is a permanent rotation. That one.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite satiated actually. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh I think we can end it there. Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: think we can beat that.
2: Christ
0: Almighty! Oh.
1: Thanks for the answer there, guys. That moves us over to question number nine. What is it there, Thomas? Uh,
0: how long would you survive in this movie's world?
1: Yes, this question makes a triumphant return. Uh, I studied map making at university, so I figured that's probably what I would be just some sort of map maker that's just chilling map- out. You mean cartography? Cartography, yes. I don't want to get too nerdy, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I would have been chilling <laughs> out, would have been hanging out in the town, doing whatever. And then I reckon as soon as the pirates show up, I would have been one of those guys that comically took a cannonball to the head or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd just be sitting there at my desk, just like, oh, fucking. Goddamn governors asked me to plot out this fucking bullshit again and just boom, smoked <laughs> by a cannonball. That would've been the end of me. So as soon as the pirate showed up, that would have been I would've been out.
0: There was a character for that. You know, in the second and third film. I think in yeah, the second yeah. film, he he he's like doing the, the map on the wall. So that guy. But like I could've been that guy. He doesn't so, die in the end. There we he's go. I could've guy. made it
1: through the sequels. or two of the sequels. Exactly.
2: As a female, I mean, my chances aren't great. Uh, and not from a wealthy family, again, my chances aren't great. So um, I'm pretty good with corsets, though. So I'm thinking that I'd probably end up either in the whorehouse or as a seamstress. So, you know, maybe I'd actually make it because there's a need for both of those things. So, you know. I am actually okay with swords, too. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd end up with some kind of, like, with Anna Marie on her ship you know she'd yeah there we go yeah she'd take me on because like female captain would take female sailors so that's a
0: good
1: one let's
2: go yeah.
0: what about you thomas mm-hmm. yeah. well for anyone who doesn't know i'm a history podcaster <laughs> yeah. i may i may have mentioned it <laughs> once or twice so in this in the roughly in the 18th century which is when this movie took place most societies at this point were still quite agrarian Meaning that most of the population was still quite farm-based. You know, lots of peasants. So statistically speaking, most people would have been peasants working the land on farms. So I'd probably be a peasant, and peasants were quite, you know, filled with hard labour. So I'd probably be dead by the age of 40.
1: Yeah. Excellent. And that moves us down to the last of questions that can be applied to any film. Uh, which character
2: from this film is actually kind of an arsehole now that you think about it? I was kind of in two minds because there's two of them in my head that are actually kind of arseholes because they're a little bit selfish and a little bit wrapped up in their own what they've got going on and, and not really focused on what it costs other people to help them or to whatever. And that's both Will and Elizabeth. Oh, because if Excellent. you if you think about it, like Elizabeth like sends off the governor's governor's freaking army or whatever to go save her mate. You know, like, like these kinds of things. She's like super selfish. She doesn't take no for an answer. She's like super demanding. She's like quintessential rich girl bitch, you know, like always yeah. gets her way and stuff. So she's kind of an asshole.
1: What about mm. you, Thomas? Who do you have?
0: I said maybe Cotton. Because like he teaches the parrot to just say like, very generic phrases (laughs) gibbs obviously figures out how to interpret what the parrot says but the parrot doesn't really say anything you know yes no or anything like that so i think like maybe cotton like maybe not being able to actually teach the parrot how to say proper things but then again we don't know what cotton thinks because He because can't that, say anything.
2: There is that moment, right, where the parrot's like, and it says something, and then everybody rushes off to do something, and then Cotton goes, like, oh, what's happening? And he just kind of runs yeah. off to follow everybody. Did Like, that bit cracks me up so much because I'm like, has yeah. he yeah. got any idea?
0: You don't know. He might be a bit of a dickhead.
1: I'm with you, Jules. I actually had Elizabeth Swan as well. <laughs> the, the reason being is she finds this guy on this raft, discovers he's a pirate, and then takes the only thing of any position, like of any value whatsoever, from him, robs mm. him, never tells him about it, keeps it to herself. That's also a good point. Re- mm. Yeah, later reveals it to mm. him and, like.
2: And it's gold, and, right? So he could have, like, cashed that in to, like, start his life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and instead, he's now some in, indebted servitude to some sword maker, you know, constantly pining for her. And she knows that. She fucking knows that he's in love with her. Of course she knows it. She even, like, and she's got, like, a very sort of privileged position where she could just, you know, skirt authority and not marry the Commodore or all that sort of stuff. She could choose that. She could actually be in love with this guy.
2: She throws a tantrum because he doesn't use her name and she actually sulks off.
1: Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was over to our personal questions. Jules, you get to lead us off this week. What do you got there?
2: Okay, so if you hadn't been (laughs) able to test food... If you hadn't been able to taste food, what would you eat as your first thing, like gaining taste buds again?
1: Definitely steak and rum, given that that's pretty much the course for the day out for these guys. Uh, That being said, you know, you'd just be an absolute lightweight because you've never been able to taste it, absorb it, have it go through your system. You'd probably have one (laughs) rum and be like, this is the fucking...
0: (laughs) That's actually true. I actually, I, I actually answered this question when I was quite hungry at the time. <laughs> um, and I was really feeling mac and cheese. So that's what I answered was mac and cheese, which I've subsequently gone out and got some macaroni pasta. Is mac and cheese selling weird to anyone else?
2: Because <laughs> I've said mac and cheese a lot because I fucking I, love mac and cheese. Uh, I, would have, I would have strawberries and whiskey. Mm.
1: Good girl, good girl.
2: And it would have to be something like Laphroa or Ardbeg.
1: Those are some weird strawberries.
2: No, whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Excellent.
1: Excellent. What do you got
0: there next, Jules?
2: Every time Jack looks off like randomly into the distance, um, what do we think he's staring at?
0: Before we started recording, I mentioned that at one point I was quite drunk and wasn't able to see very easily which is currently the case now. And that's kind of what I went with, was I don't think he's looking into the distance. I think he's trying to see what's in front of him, but he's too drunk and his vision is quite blurry. Yeah, I,
1: I actually thought something similar. I thought, you know, he maybe he's got double vision, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But then as I started thinking more into it, I was like, um, I was picturing where he is on the boat. He's sort of looking out into the sunset. We've got this like nice close-up of his face. So that made me realize I know what, exactly what he's looking at. He's looking at a camera crew, a soundstage, a
0: director, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> a boom guy. That's exactly what he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
2: <laughs> cool. Um, if you could be stealing, like, anything as a pirate, what booty are you stealing and saving for your pirate retirement?
1: Oh, definitely young girls' hearts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like separate from their chests, or like—I've
1: got no
2: idea what the just, hell I mean. just like ca- carving them out and putting them into bottles with formaldehyde and stuff, and just like, oh, it's uh, gonna be great. Later. I,
1: what's that song? Don't go around stealing young girls' hearts. What the hell, fucking song is that from? Oh
2: yes,
1: <laughs> Billy Jean. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm just taking the piss out of the song, Billy Jean. My my actual answer would have been. Probably, I'm gonna go real nerdy. I'm gonna go with Action Comics number one, which was the debut of Superman. You used to be able to buy these for about 150 to three, four hundred grands back in like the late '90s, and now they're selling for a two to three million. So, yeah. good lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something so small sells for so much. And the reason why I bring this up is the patron saint of our podcast is Nicholas Cage, and Nicholas Cage actually owned one of the best versions of Action Comics, and then had it stolen, and then later found it <gasps> ten years later so yeah yeah uh his copy is apparently like one of the best copies in existence so something like that something like that that would only ever go up in value because similar to me there's a ton of nerds out there that just love that shit and will pay through the nose i'll never be able to afford one so why not fucking steal one there
0: we go absolutely i know we're not meant to be talking about this but my joke answer was toilet paper (laughs) Uh, (laughs) very topical very topical but for, for for real, which is what I wrote down, was um art is usually a pretty good answer. Fun fact: the Mona Lisa is only famous because it got stolen about a hundred years ago. Um, it wasn't actually very famous before that. So. Oh shit!
1: Didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, you fucking learned something on a movie <laughs> podcast.
1: Yeah, that pretty much sums up our show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that moves me over to my personal questions and i fought this through and i've got an answer but I'll, I'll see what you guys think would you guys rather go out pirating for two weeks or spend two weeks in tortuga which we see is pretty much las vegas it's pretty much hamilton on a saturday night it's just an absolute <laughs> shithole that's partying like the world's about to end tomorrow it's yeah it's pretty damn awesome what what do you guys reckon where would you rather spend two weeks
2: i would probably get shot in tortuga so um i decided that i would probably i would rather go pirating Um, mainly because i actually do love sailing so i've been out on boats before and stuff and i actually really enjoy the open ocean so that would be fun the whole drinking rum on a boat would be fun swinging around spending time climbing up into crow's nests and stuff i think that would be all be amazing great fun and then like getting to swing a sword and be like aha Avast, vast harities, and you know all of that kind of stuff would be fun. So yeah, pirating.
0: What about you, Thomas? Oh, I'm about to destroy this whole man's career. Pirating actually wasn't that exciting most of the time. If you've ever watched this, uh, the program uh, Black Sails, that is probably more accurate depiction of what pirating was. And what I mean by that is that pirating a lot of the time was about when you raised the black flag. Pirates tended to depict themselves as either Spanish or British or sometimes Dutch vessels, but would then raise the black flag to indicate that actually they were pirates and that probably the uh, the vessel should surrender. So a lot of the time it was about actually raising the black flag at the correct time to get the vessel to surrender. Because if you if you raise the black flag too close, then they would actually go actually, we're going to fight to the death for this, but if you raised it too early, they would just try to run. So, actually, pirating was pretty fucking boring most of the time. So, my answer would be, it's got to be Tortuga. You know, prostitutes, drink, uh, you know, just partying all the time. Sounds fucking great.
1: The correct answer was pirating. Uh, Tortuga, you'd die from liver failure in a week, I reckon.
0: That's also probably true. (laughs) (laughs) uh next
1: question as i mentioned at the start of the podcast this movie was based on a theme park ride so i want to know from you guys what other generic theme park ride could you guys take and launch a movie franchise from
0: i really struggled with this question because i wasn't really sure um but i said the log flume Ooh, (laughs) some sort of like make it some sort of louisiana river raft thing (laughs) but beyond that i'm not really sure it's
1: as good an answer as any this is what i put out there for you guys (laughs) What about you, Jules?
2: I had the merry-go-round, just because I liked it. And then I decided that the series would potentially be about a cursed horse on the merry-go-round, that you ride it and be aware of, like, what's going to happen to you. It's like it's like a curse, and then you have to actually get back on the horse and ride it backwards, which involves you, like, sneaking back into the fairground and, like, having to undo whatever damage you've done to your life by rewinding. Um, and that's actually quite hard to do, so... Yeah, so And it's why? only one horse on the whole carousel, so everybody else rides fine, but like, there's just like one random person who's like fucked for the rest of their life, and they have no idea why. And it's all <laughs> randomly, it's all randomly fucked. Like, you know, like sometimes it's like they lose their job and like they lose their girlfriend and stuff, and they just end up in a shit life. And the other times it's like they're walking out of the theme park and get hit by a bus, like straight away. Like, it's all randomly kind of, you don't know what's gonna happen.
1: That definitely sounds like a fun Disney franchise.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the thinking Nelson. more like, um, what's that movie? Final Destination? Yeah. Oh yes,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? what I was thinking as well.
2: That's yeah. good.
1: Yeah, that turned into, uh, itself into a franchise. Yeah, that works.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: My final question is well i was gonna basically say like which pirate do you reckon has got an std but probably all of them do so i want to know from you guys which pirate probably has the least amount of stds
2: i reckon it's the one whose eye keeps rolling out
0: Ah, or yeah Pinto.
2: yeah not because, like, I don't think he's, like, sleeping with people, but I think, like, if he's sleeping with someone, it's probably, like, not actually a prostitute. It's probably some little sweetheart who's, like, taking a shining to him, you know? But I don't think that he's not diseased because his eye rolls in enough shit on a deck regularly that he's, like, got stuff. It's just not STDs. It's, like, all <laughs> sorts of bacterial infections and, you know, like, it, he gets, like, gastro on the regular. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, COVID
0: just... 19 can last on a surface for more than three days. Hey,
2: hey, we're not so, supposed to be yeah, talking, about talking about it. We're not talking
0: about it. <laughs> I said, oh, this is going to be controversial. But I said, Will, Will Turner, because does that guy look like he fucks? Like,
2: he, well, you he know, clearly fucks Elizabeth.
0: But he doesn't, though. At least, the kind of, until the end of the film, he's yeah. definitely a virgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: and that takes us down to thomas's questions what do you got there bud
0: question 17 was which pirate captain historical or fictional would you like to serve under
1: ching Shi or um ching one ching yu sao or my pronunciation the she yep. so she was like a very famous pirate uh who basically took over when her husband died at some point she actually married her adopted son which is a little bit weird But at some point she controlled more than 1,500 ships, she had 80,000 men, she was like an incredible boss lady, because here's the thing, when I started going through all these pirates, all of them was like, oh, raided 40 ships in one year and then died, oh, it was like raided 400 ships and then died, I was like, man, all these people are ending up with shitty fates, whereas this woman actually negotiated her surrender with the Chinese government and basically... 150 of her men went off and were executed or whatever, or, you know, put into jail. 17,000-something men became part of the military. So they actually managed to keep a job and keep gainfully employed. And so that would would be for me, man. I'd just be hanging out in the background. Would it cause too much of a ruckus? Would it cause too much of, you know, like a scene or anything like that? Just roll my way through and, you know, get out at the other end.
0: Oh, my God. I just want to say, Sam, I have such a fucking boner right now because you actually did... You actually did your research, and that all of that is actually true. And that, that, like, that's so fucking good. Like, that's <laughs> actually what happened. We're broken twice like, again. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> like, we've, we've, bro- we've actually broken up.
1: We've broken the history nerd. That's great.
2: Oh, yeah. this oh. So, what about you, you, Jules? Yeah, I was going to say, do Follow you, you want do you want to go next? Because it looks like you've already blown, but, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm done. I'm done.
2: <laughs> I said, with fuck all homework um, being done, which is pretty in keeping with me, Captain Shakespeare from Stardust. Uh, a, a book oh! a book originally by Neil Gaiman uh, before it was the movie. And Captain Shakespeare is kind of this amazing captain who just really gives a crap about his, crew and the people around him but actually it keeps his crew gainfully employed sailing through the skies and capturing lightning in (laughs) bottles and selling that which is insane so yeah captain shakespeare he he seems like a good dude
1: yeah all right what's your next question there thomas
0: uh my next question is if you were a cursed pirate captain what would your cursed slash demon crew be
1: Ah, this one was easy for me. I like hanging out with a bunch of women. (laughs) Oh, and it sounds so creepy when I say that. Uh, I like hanging out with a bunch of women. I also don't like getting my hands dirty. So the perfect one for me would be a bunch of sirens from Greek mythology who used to lure sailors and boats.
2: Screw you. You stole my shit. Yes.
1: (laughs) Excellent. That's the other thing. I love watching a guy think with his dick and go down in flames monumentally and again don't have to don't have to do jack shit just sailing around perch myself up against some rocks there you go ladies cool sing their song crashes we take all this shit we fuck off again (laughs) it's it's perfect sorry Jules. sorry to take your answer by the way
2: Uh, it's fine it's fine i'll just have a crew of my ttrpg actual play podcasting family so just you know have all of them on the crew with me, and we can just like live out our dreams of sailing the seas and actual play for reality.
1: Are you saying the Brad's cursed?
2: Yeah, Brad's cursed. <laughs> Oliver's cursed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now our new friend Jules Daniel, the other Jules. Uh, we we call them JD just so we don't get confused, or Jules Excellent. Jules Prime. But then I've got also a bunch of people that I play with um, off podcasting. My very, very special first ever camp, my own campaign crew. And I love them all very dearly. Like Bree and Simon and Devin and Millie and Erica and Indy. I love you all so, 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 so much. So, oh. you know, they would all be on my ship with me as well.
1: Excellent.
0: And my final question was, if you had Jack's compass, which is it points to whatever you desire most, uh, what would it point most often to?
1: Uh, sometimes the easiest answer is the best answer It would be the nearest k f c that's
2: <laughs> Sam, I just Why? suddenly got an urge to marry you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh oh no it is what it is jules can't help it uh, uh, but yeah that's that's where my compass would point what about you jules where would your compass point
2: well i mean if it's not kfc because it would be right up there i actually wrote down like when i wrote the answer to this question i went sweets chocolate takeaways and bacon yes um So that's that's my answer. But if I'd gone more specific on takeaways, it definitely would have been KFC and then like maybe Wendy's and then like Burger King and then McDonald's. And then like if it's not food, like if it's not food, it would be high heels and fancy clothing. I am pretty addicted to that kind of thing.
1: And that takes us down to the final question, which was a listener question that we threw out there to you guys, our dear listeners to answer for us. Uh, before we get into your guys answers we're going to answer them ourselves and then judge you guys accordingly so the listener question this week was give us your top three johnny depp films and we'll start with you jules what are your top three johnny depp films
2: so i mean it's really controversial i think in terms of what i think is probably the best of his films but like i'm gonna go with pirates of the caribbean yeah and then Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> and then maybe just for something different, Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go one, two, and three.
1: Wow! Oh, no, that is that is controversial.
2: Yeah, I know, and I know, I know, I, I know, because there's actually a lot of good movies that he did out there. Like Edward Hands actually comes up in my brain as like a really great performance from him, for instance. But I liked him in this role the most. Like, I liked him. In a lot of his movies, I feel like I didn't really like him. Like, he was kind of this weird, sort of crazy person that I wasn't really supposed to like. I was sort of supposed to like or feel sorry for or whatever. But, like, I really liked him in these movies. So,
1: for me, he's similar to like Tom Cruise or Nicolas Cage, where he's kind of ethereal and he's not really human. You know, there's something just like slightly odd about him that if, if, if it came out in the news, oh, by the way, Johnny Depp is actually a lizard person walking around in human skin, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Thomas? What's your top three?
0: Uh, if I'm honest, I'm currently Googling what the fuck he's been in <laughs> right now. I liked him in 21 Jump Street, the modern version with Channing Tatum and that other guy that I don't remember his Jonah name. Jonah Hill, yeah. Yeah, that one. That was pretty funny, but he was in there for like, three minutes he was good in Pirates of the Caribbean as has been mentioned previously oh he was good in Public Enemies yes I have seen Public Enemies he was quite good in that as well was John Dillinger so maybe let's say uh Pirates of the Caribbean and Public Enemies and maybe Fantastic Beasts although <laughs> I didn't like him in Fantastic Beasts that much
2: Oh, my God, I just forgot about one, and I'm really sad about it. Can I change my answer? Yeah,
0: yeah, we can start all over again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, no, 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 don't start it over. I just want to go one, two, and then Sleepy Hollow.
0: Oh. Sleepy Hollow is quite good. Yeah. I also quite like The Tourist as well. Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie's so... I mean, in fairness, Johnny Depp has not been in many good movies. As, as I said yeah. earlier,
1: he's often like the best thing in a very shitty, shitty film.
0: Exactly. Uh
2: Yeah. Yeah, so thanks live stream for the cure, uh, for reminding me about Sleepy Hollow. You're right. I was wrong. You are right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Personally for me, I would put Pirates, uh this Pirates at number three. I would have Ed Wood as number two. I really liked that film from nineteen ninety. A collaboration he did with Tim Burton, who obviously they did Edward scissorhands Hands, which is also a pretty good film. Tossing up for number one, but I, I really love Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. That is like the ultimate sort of drug-fueled rampage and i was i was very much a fan of hunter s thompson back in my young and impressionable days so yeah that will be my top three uh so yeah throw it out there to you guys our wonderful listeners to answer this question for us we're gonna start off with steve from everything i learned from movies podcast hey steve how's it going uh he said fairer loving las vegas my man edward scissorhands and the astronaut's wife astronaut's wife is fucking bizarre Basically, Johnny Depp goes, as an astronaut, goes to space, comes back, and he's just insane. That's basically the plot of the movie. Huh? Uh, M.P. went with Blow. Blow, oh, that's a good film. Donnie Brasco and Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. He also said shout out to the Ninth Gate. Paul from the Countdown podcast, which is another awesome, awesome podcast you guys should all listen to. Uh, went with Rango, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and then A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, shit, I forgot about Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Very young Johnny D. Yeah. Uh Anisha went with Sweeney Todd, Rango and Blow. Nick from Epic Film Guys, aka okay, livestream for The Cure, went with Fear and Loving in Las Vegas, Pirates of the Caribbean Kiss of the Black pearl and Sleepy Hollow. Great picks there, Nick. Gidget Voneroo went with Edward, Blow and Edward Scissorhands. L. J. Human went with Nightmare on Elm Street, donnie Brasco and The Lone Ranger. Uh Drew from the Real Feels podcast went with Secret Windows, Sweeney Todd and Pirates of the Caribbean. This one. Uh, honorable mentions to From how Sleepy Hollow, and Mordecai. Mordecai sucks, Drew. I'm sorry, man. I tried to check it out. It's rubbish.
0: Yeah, fuck me. It is terrible. Yeah.
1: Good on you for liking something that you like, Drew. Uh, the Movie Journey podcast. Hendo from that went with Donnie Brasco, Curse of the Black Pearl, and Platoon. Fuck Platoon. God damn it. Oh, he was in
0: Platoon. Yes, wasn't he? he was. He was a side nah. character. Whoa. Nah. Yeah, he was, nah. wasn't he?
1: uh geek elite media uh mitch from that podcast went with nick of time from hell and pirates of the caribbean because the black black pearl good work there mitch dan's not the problem went with benny and june ed wood and once upon a time in mexico oh once upon a time in mexico that's a good shout as well dan that's true Honorable mention to rango autistic nick went with pistol and boo get smuggled into australia Uh, the very famous story about how Johnny Depp smuggled a couple of dogs into Aussie and then got caught by customs. He also went with what e- What's Eating Gilbert Grape, that's a great film, Baby and Blow. Mm-hmm. Please watch this movie podcast, went with Fear and Loving Las Vegas, Platoon and Edward Scissorhands. Mike L.A. went with Edward, Blow, Donny Brasco. Scared Shirtless podcast, went with Fear and Loving Las Vegas, Finding Neverland and From How. Finding Neverland I never really got down on. Uh, Chris went with Sleepy Hollow, Pirates of the Caribbean and Sweeney Todd. Paul went with Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, and this film, Pirates of the Caribbean. Coronavirus. Oh, you're the man, bro. Went with Donnie Brasco, Edward Scissorhands, and Fear and Loathing. That's the correct mm-hmm. answers there, Case. Uh, Duty from Shake and Not Nerd that was on recently for Point Break went with Edward Scissorhands. Tusk. Oh, fuck, come on, bro and the pirates film task is horrendous <laughs> task is goddamn dreadful he's, he's good in a duty i'll give you that but come on bro that film is just unbelievably bad uh, the debauched two went with fear and loathing dead man and what's eating gilbert grape turbo fc3s went with fear and loathing las vegas nightmare on elm street edward scissorhands cat also went with edward scissorhands benny and june and what's eating gilbert grape zach dylan went with sleepy hollow edward scissorhands and this one the original pirates abigail noel went with pirates of the caribbean this one finding neverland and sleepy hollow Chauncey Talese went with Edward, Sleepy Hollow, Scissorhands, and Nick went from went with From Hell, Parts of the Caribbean, The Black Pearl, and Blow. So, yeah, a lot of hands love, eh? A lot of Scissorhands love.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm mildly surprised that actually no one mentioned murder on the Orient Express. There's a good reason for that. he was also in that as well. But most people don't remember because he was in it for like five seconds because he was the guy who got murdered and that's actually a pretty good movie really at least in my opinion I thought it was quite good <laughs> well, I thought it was quite
1: good I'm one of those dickheads like, I the original it. was amazing and then I tried to watch that and I was like ah, I can't do this
0: I don't know I liked it yeah. I thought it was good
1: you stand by your opinion no matter how wrong it is you just stand by it that's cool <laughs>
0: thanks thanks for your
1: support Sam. no probs <laughs> anywho that takes us down to uh, the end and i would like to thank these guys for joining us now obviously these guys both have podcasts uh one of which is mentioned several times throughout this podcast he does a history podcast so thomas we'll start off with you Excuse why me? don't you tell us all about it why don't you tell us about your wonderful, wonderful show that we listen to and yeah it's great so tell us all about it
0: bud i do a very serious podcast that is nothing like this <laughs> i actually talk about uh the history of Aotearoa, or new zealand so I do a chronological history podcast of New Zealand starting from before when people arrived in New Zealand all the way up to roughly 2000. But we haven't got that far yet. Actually, where we're up to at the moment is a pre-European Maori society. So we're talking about things like carving uh, and we're talking about things like weaving and societal structure. And we're soon going to be talking about things like music and musical instruments and that kind of stuff and all sorts of other things. And of course, James Cook's going to turn up and we're got to have to deal with Europeans and all that kind of stuff. So I actually do a very serious podcast, which might surprise a lot of people. <sighs> <laughs> wow, okay then. Anyway, Jules, what do you do with most of your time? Yeah, just for that, Thomas. What about you, Jules?
2: I, uh, I am part of Fate of Eisen's actual play, but I actually have my own podcast called Jules from NZ, where I kind of tell you a little about what it's like to live here in New Zealand current day. Tell you a little bit about the culture of where things came from, give you a little bit of current news about what's happening over here, and actually sort of talk about me and my life as well, because it is called Jules from NZ. So there's a little bit of everything in there in terms of what I'm doing day to day. I make Hokey Pokey. I tell you about my favorite high heels. I tell you about how Tip Top Ice Cream um originated in New Zealand. There's like a bunch of different stuff on there, so... Come along, don't listen to all of the episodes if you don't want to. Listen to some of them, drop in, leave me a voice message. I love it all.
1: Excellent. Uh, As always, I only get on guests whose other podcasts I listen to as well, and I definitely enjoy both of you guys. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, So there's my plug. I will have links in the show notes below where you can find both of their podcasts. And, yeah, thanks again, guys, for joining us.
2: Oh, no, thank you for having us. This has been a real Thank
1: you for having me. And, yeah, that takes us down to the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, the easiest way to find us is on Twitter at MovieReviewsIn or on email at mritqs at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and just search out Movie Reviews and 20Qs. There's links down in the show notes below. Uh, upcoming episodes, we have a episode starring John Mark Junkins and Jay Ledbetter. Uh, we were talking about Ocean's Eleven. The week after that, we've got something special. I'm actually stepping aside, and it's going to be a girl on girl on girl episode. Everyone loves a bit of girl on girl Ooh, on girl.
2: Sexy. Cool. <laughs> well, so spicy. Where
1: 20 questions <laughs> are thrown at Legally Blonde. Very happy to be sitting that movie out. Have a special host for that episode, which I'm very excited it about. But uh yeah, that's the end basically. Uh Yeah, cheers. Thanks for me.
2: Thanks for me. Thanks for me. <laughs> and goodbye.
0: I just want listeners to know that I'm quite drunk. I can't feel my face. I'm quite drunk. I'm, I may or may not be pretty fucking inebriated right now. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> fucking hammered right now. Wasted. I'm so, going to make a
1: supercut at the end of you how, saying how drunk you are. That's what I'm going to do, man.
0: That's... Let's add another one. I'm fucking wasted. Here we go. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.